Hi, I'm Saleh. And I'm Christian. And this is episode 54 of Shades of Brown, where we uh, don't have a topics list. Is that is that what's going on? Um, so uh, this, uh, apparently, because um, Sadik had, had no childhood, I had to explain to him what uh, MTV Unplugged was. Yeah, okay. <sighs> MTV, I know of MTV. I just don't, like, know the specific cultural, like, significance of its various uh shows i guess like, w- like explain to me what mtv actually is like like what is MTV? um mtv is something called music television okay and and what and they used to play music videos all the time but then they realized that you can't really hashtag monetize that you know so they started switching to uh tv shows about teenage pregnancies that's uh- so they became a reality TV channel? Is yeah, that, basically. That, basically. That, it's like okay. that and like teen dramas now. Um and I'm never uh I will not admit on the air if I have watched or enjoyed any of these trashy teen dramas. <laughs> um that is for the that is for the listener uh <laughs> listener to ponder. But yeah. but uh basically MTV Unplugged is like you would have say like uh an artist like Foo Fighters or some other like you know trashy 90s grunge rock band and they would be like in a uh studio audience so it'd be technically a live show right but you'd yeah. be using like studio microphones and all that kind of stuff uh, mostly it'd be um with guitars like acoustic guitars and all that rather than electric instruments and maybe uh quote-unquote more natural sounding instruments whatever mm-hmm. the fuck that means <laughs> and they would just do like an intimate little live show that's like wasn't oh, so edited it's, it's, so it was like NPR's uh yeah, Tiny yeah, Desk yeah, Tiny like, Desk Concert. Yeah, 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 yeah. But not as good because uh, Tiny Desk Concerts are the best. Real, tiny Desk Concerts. Okay, let me like Tiny Desk Concerts are like like extremely good. The one that uh, the one that I watched recently was I think the Run the Jewels one, uh, which is extremely good. But you know NPR is trying to get Frank Ocean to do one, but he, he but he isn't picking up his phone. No, like, uh, so- Frank, Frank, please do an NPR one because I love you. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about frank for a bit like why why is this like this is like a thing uh between us it's like i just don't understand like why frank ocean is so good like do, I, like, do you don't understand like these cult do so do you not understand the cultural significance of frank ocean or do you not do you just not get his music because they're two different things right because you have like you have like, frank ocean as like that artist that everyone music, wants to fuck with like, but like and then there's I, also like the music itself right like i sort of get like this r&b sort of you know it's sort of weird. Like Blonde was like a sort of like a experimental art. Can't even really call it R and B. Like was Blonde. Like let's start with Blonde then. Or, or if you want to start with like his earlier work, like uh, what Shadow Orange uh, was. I think that was the last big studio album, right? Uh, it was Channel Orange and Blonde. Okay, so let's start with Channel Orange. So Channel Orange, uh, Channel Orange, uh, like R and B, right? This is this this is straight up just. R&B all the way, right? Like, well, it's, it's R&B in terms of, like, maybe, like, the general vibe of it. Yeah. But, you, and this is the thing, like, you have, like, sort of, like, classic 90s soul R&B, right? Which is, like, has very de- definite lines as to what it is. Yeah. But, like, the more you get modern, the more you start imp- having, like, strong influences of classic rock, of, like, progressive right. house and, like, other types of music yeah. in it. So. We can just say it's R and B, but it's really like just a, a, it's like trap, right? Like you can have a trap album that's all guitars because trap music can sound like anything. Mm-hmm. So, so Channel Orange, I think I heard, I listened to it just just once. Uh, I don't 
I don't really specifically remember any any tracks of it, so it's like you know, kind of a big memory more than anything else. Uh, but I think for a long time people were expecting like another Channel Orange album, and then they got Blonde, which was uh, which is weird. Like it's it's it feels like it, it's it feels extremely experimental and doesn't feel very coherent uh, when I listen through it. Like I I don't really understand why how his claim to fame is like after that r&b album i don't like i don't understand like what is going on i feel like i'm missing missing some part of like the appeal uh of frank ocean um how, how did you feel about the life of pablo as a conceptual album right like conceptually how how did you feel the life of pablo was that life of pablo honestly i like it was all right like i didn't really strongly it didn't help that the album was like in all these weird uh the album was updated about 20 times yeah like what is the did wolves get fixed well wolves got fixed uh kanye added saint pablo afterwards he fixed fade about three times he just fucked with the mixing um which i guess side note i think is actually a super interesting way to make stuff online and i definitely want to experiment with that right yeah like i've always thought about just having a podcast which is actually just in a git repo or like an svn repo right and it starts Mm -hmm. off as the raw recordings and over time i just keep like updating the the cuts of it right and like having yeah. like an audacity project that people can look into yeah the, the thing is with that is yeah like i don't know it feel like life of pablo was okay like it didn't feel like uh like i didn't enjoy it as strongly as i did like uh what was it eases and then uh what graduation um my beautiful dark twisted fantasy uh what else uh college dropout uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going through my list of like good Kanye well, albums. Well, I mean, I bring up the life of Pablo because I think Blonde sits in that similar space where it doesn't okay. exactly have one specific influence or one specific c- concept that goes throughout right. the album. Right. I mean, a lot of Frank Ocean's songs are about heartbreak and like uh, trying to get good dick and stuff, but like it's not really it's not really the crux of the of the album, right? Yeah, and so I. It's a. I mean, firstly, let's, let's let's get this clear. Frank Ocean can sing, and he is a beautiful person. Like, okay. uh, like let's. Like, okay. you, you, we got to realize how thirsty I am for Frank Ocean. <laughs> like that's that that needs to be put on the table. Um, so please look through. Uh, everyone who's listening, listen through those uh watery lenses. That was a gross analogy. I'm sorry. That, that's that was bad. Uh, let's continue though. Okay, um, so so and. It's the fact that he keeps he plays around with genres so much, right? Yeah, like it's his writing. It's 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 the same fucking thing that makes MF Doom good. It is the exact same thing that makes Doom good that makes Frank Ocean good. Because, and I'm about to just go on about why Mad Villainy is great. So, um, please feel free to skip to the next chapter. We'll be here for an hour. <laughs> but you get like these out of like the left lane beats. You just get like these lyrics and this flow, and none of it makes sense until it does, right? Yeah. So it's so you're saying it's that this like sort of consciousness, like it's like conscious well, zaniness, right? And like okay, cleverness. Okay. Yeah. Because right, like so. Okay, we'll do like accordion, the first track on Ma- second track on Mad Villainy, right? Like yeah. w- when Doom's like the first and last step to playing yourself forty and slip like an accordion, and you're just like, what? What? What, what is that line? And how clever it is. So you're saying it's like this sort of like eccentric consciousness 
Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's a mix of so many things, right? Right. It's right. like, it's, it is like a dedication to writing well. It is a, a, a playfulness in the music itself and, right. and in a fearlessness about experimenting within the genres that you, that you work in right. and then sort of bringing that all together in an extremely tasteful way, right? Mm-hmm. That, that gets you in such a great place because, right. um, let's, let's do Nights. The song Nights by Frank Ocean. It's a yeah. song about like, finishing work and then going out to like try and try and get get laid right and then as the song progresses you can actually like it it creates the atmosphere that the night's going on right right like it starts it's it's banging it's like a little high tempo and then as a song goes on it becomes more spacey it becomes more ethereal more atmospheric right and and the tempo starts to slow down as you progress through an actual night right right as you start your night right like you go into the club like you know you you're ready like you're pre-gaming and all that but then you get like tired and stuff by the time the night slows on and things start to become like more hazy and blurry right and that song can perfectly capture that atmosphere right so there's a sense of uh storytelling like this sense of uh like what's the what's the environment design like that's a video game term but like the like the atmosphere that the song creates like frank is very good at creating those uh yes uh, okay uh so i get I, i'm starting to get like the appeal here like, i feel like i need to listen to his albums closer like i feel like i the problem i think i feel I keep expecting the same stuff that I heard on Channel Orange, and it's like not the same stuff. So it it feels like I'm, I feel like I misplaced my expectations, which I think might be the actual problem. Well, uh, and then also too, right? It's he makes it very easy to relate. He takes a specific song about heartbreak that happened to him, and yeah. then opens it up and and abstracts enough parts of the story while right. making it while keeping it still very personal and specific that anyone mm-hmm. can relate to it right? right and that in of itself is an extremely hard skill to have with That's, writing writing in general right? right where you like write sort of like biographic self-reflective stories but then yeah. try and open it up to where anyone else can relate to it right, right. that's the same skill kendrick lamar has right yeah like yeah. if you listen to good kid mad city you don't you don't think oh this is the story of kendrick right well, okay um if you're a white person who listens to good kid mad city it's probably what you think right <laughs> but if you're like black or brown or whatever right and you're listening to good kid mad city like there are parts of it that you can extremely relate to yeah it's if very... you grew up somewhat poor at all right, in any place right. right but at the right. same time it's still a very it's still a story that's very specific to kendrick himself that is that that's a very good one like the like another kendrick track that uh the, the track all right uh i feel like is is it's extremely powerful, but it's not like, like I feel like it's not just made for like okay, I'm gonna be like straight up it's it's not made for white people. Like that that fucking track right there. Uh it's it's a it's like a shot it's like a the whole album is let's let's, let's be very clear here. Not, <laughs> like to Pippa Butterfly, Good Kid yeah. Mad City, um A Seat at the Table, yeah. Black Messiah, yeah. uh, uh I don't know, like Little Boat Two, like none of those albums are made for white people. Like, let's let's make that clear. The only, al- the only just... like modern, the only modern album that has been like that's a hip hop album that's been made for white people is probably like I don't know Post Malone and fucking Everybody by Logic. Um, like I, I you put Little Boat in there, and I, I, <laughs> I just I just wanted to throw it in there. It's not Little yeah, Boat, Boat that's, Two. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I mean, like I that's actually that's so. 
the the concept of not making things for white people is interesting, right? Yeah. Because like I'm always like afraid to say that, but mm-hmm. like what do you do this podcast is like not made for white people, right? Because mm-hmm. neither me or you're a white and we're just talking about the stuff we like we right? enjoy yeah yeah right like and i i've always like felt weird about saying that because i feel like i'm alienating a part of my audience but at the same time like who cares if you're alienating colonists but yeah. you know what i mean right oh, it's, god. okay so, um, oh my god what discourse wait wait you don't want to you know no, 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 that word because it might start a discourse like no, no, who cares no, no, no. i'm not i'm not i'm not talking about like, Bro, I'm trying for to, the like, kids i'm bringing back to the music um, <laughs> but yeah yeah, yeah it's uh, back to the music the album by uh solange uh it's called what is it called a seat at the table seat at the table you just mentioned it um there's a track in there um uh for us by us uh and i and i that track is like that's basically what i'm trying to say like it's like it's not for you right it's 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 biased for us it's it's not made for you um and then it's a fubu you see they speak clothing line i don't know did you ever you remember back when like rockefeller like hoodies and like south pole pants and like fubu t-shirts or like the things people were wearing no 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 i don't don't know anything about fashion so it's like (laughs) bro you're from toronto too well go listen to a drake song (laughs) god's plan i hate you god's plan um like like the, the like Solange's album was seen at the table. I think it's 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 a very good album. It's 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 a very uh like from the from the beginning, like wary and like cranes in the sky and, and the track Mad, right? Uh with Lil Wayne on it, which like I think that Lil Wayne verse right there is 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 like very amazing. Um there's also like obviously the classic uh Don't Touch My Hair. Um like well, like, what am I talking about? I'm talking about like we're talking. That. We're talking about like I guess black music, but then in this case, right? Because yeah. there's something I've always like been interested about, right? So yeah. like you are like Bangladeshi, right? So you don't yeah. have a claim to any of the experiences in the no, song. No, I don't. But no. you, but you could, but it's still like you're closer to it than say most of the people who are probably be listening to this podcast are, right? Right. right so right. like, how do you how do you navigate that, right? Because it's not like there's any like Bangladeshi artists that are like. Well, are there are there like Bangladeshi artists maybe, extremely but I conscious? Don't, I don't, like, I don't know. Actually, I this is this is like I don't know Bengali music. Like I just, it's just not like I'm not con- like I'm not connected to that country because I have been away. I never lived like a few things. Like uh, I've never lived there. I wasn't even born there. Um, I I was born in the UAE. I lived there for like uh, twelve twelve years. That I moved to canada right so it's like i have this sort of i have okay so very weird experience like i feel like i'm disconnected from that culture but also a part of it right like it's weird it's like i feel like it's it's a part of me but i'm at the same time i'm not really feeling like you know like the, the the culture uh so it's like yeah so i don't i don't really know about bengali music uh but i what about like when i'm listening to hip hop like when i listen to uh, say uh, Solange's album, like uh, like obviously a lot of the concepts there are not really applicable, like in direct ways anyway. But a lot of the message, right? Like the, a lot of the uh, sort of like the "Don't touch my hair," like that. That I feel like is is a, is a relatable track to both brown and black people, right? Like it's it's a very like uh, it's talking about like how you have like this like like a part of your body that's being like 
fetishized, right? That's being like exoticized. Like people are calling you exotic. Uh, Christian, you can relate to this. Like people calling brown people exotic is is extreme. or like they, they tell you like you're ethnic as like a uh, as a oh, as like a compliment. Have you ever gotten yeah. that? Like I know I've told you many yeah, stories yeah, before. I've gotten yeah, that people yeah. like they look at you and they're like, "Oh, static, you just like look so ethnic. It's so interesting." Yeah. Yeah, like, I've gotten uh, that before. It's it's uh it's yeah, but like just pro tip, it's it's not not actually a compliment, right? It, you just sound like uh a, like a 19th century colonialist. So it's like please don't do that. It's not good. <laughs> if you if 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 you if you trying to fuck, don't say don't say ethnic. Like in general, I feel like that's like, you know, like I don't know, that's just me though. That's just me. That's just me. You know, you know, you know what what comes up when people say ethnic, right? Like the word ethnic, I associate the phrase ethnic with the word cleansing. So Exactly. You know, just, just just don't just don't say it. There's better words. There's many, many. Like English language is not devoid of uh compliments. Uh so just just try another one. You don't have to use that. Or one. my favorite one is where they like try speaking a language that they think you also speak because they like want to appeal oh. to you more. Oh, like you oh, know, oh. like like at work all the time, and you get, like white ladies who like say one Spanish word intermixed with like an English word. It's like <sighs> I don't. I think because like not that many people would like know Bengali words off the top of their head, right? But like, Probably does anyone not, have like tried no. that like Arabic or something? Or just like made an yeah, assumption yeah, about yeah. you? People think I'm like uh, <laughs> like like South like very Southeast Asian countries like Pakistan or like India. Uh, or like Afghani, or like Iranian, or like yeah, you know, like middle some Middle Eastern like try to speak Arabic, or like they they ask me like in in like Hindi or Urdu, and I'm like, I I know Hindi and Urdu, but the way you're just saying it to me right now, it's it's, it's it feels like you're you know condescending. Uh, it's just yeah, people, it's just like in Canada, like it's not as a big a deal in Canada as in some other places. But yeah, I definitely get like where are you from? Like yeah, I'm trying to like explain to ooh, people that I'm ooh, from. Ooh, my favorite one, my favorite one, right? It's not like where are you from? It's like where are you from? You say, oh, I went, I went to high school in Toronto. Then they're like, but <laughs> where where are you from? Right? It's it's, it's that question, <sighs> oh, right? God. That, the, 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 the implicit, the implicit, like the implicit fact there is that you're not actually like you know like they they think you're not. Like, like that question is actually difficult for me to answer in any like specific fashion because, like, like I mentioned earlier, like how I was born in a different country. My parents are from a different country. Then I moved to Canada, and now I'm a Canadian citizen. So technically, what does that make? Me? Like, like that, does that make me Canadian? Technically, yeah. Like le- in a legal sense, uh, that, that 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 puts me in, in, in solidly in the Canadian category. But like culturally, maybe not. Like, what does Canadian culture even mean? Uh, it means hockey like, and poutine, right? I think that's what Canadian mm. culture means. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. maybe look, look hockey, I saw, maybe I saw a, someone on Mastodon posted how like Canada proposed a law and like to explain it, they related it to a hockey rink. Yeah, You're like mm-hmm. that's that's yeah. that that's can, that's Canadian culture. <laughs> oh God! Uh, I mean, okay, I'm, I'm like a lot of weird things about Canada is like uh, people ask like what Canadian culture means. It's like. Because Canada is basically like a land of immigrants, so it's like hard to say. Like, what does what does that what does it mean to be Canadian culture? Is well, it I just mean, something that has- Canadian culture means whatever they stole from like the indigenous people, right? Like, if we're gonna get real, yeah, yeah. yeah get I was real. getting to that. Actually, I was actually just about to get to that. It's just I was saying like whatever has lasted long enough through colonialism is that what that is? Is that what Canadian culture is like? Is that like the things that have survived? Uh, 
that have endured like hundreds of years of colonialism. Like, is that is that what that that what Canadian culture means? Is that is is like Putin like somehow like uh, like somehow related to colonialism? Is like uh, hockey? Is like uh, what else? What else is considered so Canadian culture? General general life tip for anyone listening: If you ever <laughs> think to yourself, "Is this thing related to colonialism?" In general, probably. Yeah, yeah, probably, probably, probably yeah, <laughs> probably appropriated for something. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's like that's the thing. Like people ask me, like, yeah, I'm I, like most of the time when I'm like people ask me where you're from, I just say Canada because it's like that's the easiest answer. Like I'm not gonna go on like uh a, like a rant, like a whole thing about like oh yeah. No, here's what you do. Here's what you do next time. You open up your iPhone, you go to Apple Maps or Google Maps or whatever, and then you start <laughs> zooming out on the world, and you're like here, and just like pinch the zoom like super slowly on like the part of the world. Zoom out again, and then like yeah, flip the globe over to there, and then zoom back in. And you're like here, and then you hit like oh, the current god. location button in Toronto, and zoom out a little bit, and be like, and here. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, that's that's yeah. Basically, like it's just it's hard to like pin down like you know like like identity is a complex thing. So it's like when you when you when you have moved around uh, as I did, it's it, it feels even more like a disconnect, right? And and uh, even besides that it. identity, right? It's like yeah. the the whole of like where do you sit on like the blackness sphere, right? If that makes sense, mm-hmm. because yeah, at yeah, least yeah. for like me, right? Like I think I posted about this yeah. on Mastodon before, right? Where it's like objectively, like looking through my family, I go to, through my dad's side of the family, right? It's like yeah. all Afro Latinx for the most part, right? And right. then if I went through, I believe my mom's side of the family, it'd be like all like indigenous. And then with like some European descent for, because right. I know she's light skinned, but I've seen like pictures of a great grandfather and all that sort of stuff. And it's like, you could tell yeah, that so like, you could see like, they're actually indigenous. It's like in the middle, there's like some European Spanish. So, or so but then, yeah. but then because of that, right. Because of like, it's like, because you're like, me and you both are light skin ish. Right. I, like, I suppose you're, you're like, we you're, would. I, I would. I don't know, right? Like it's more caramel skinned, but like it's, it's yeah, that's a problem, be, right? It's like extremely I would hard be to find yourself. Lighter skin. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good like in in like in uh, it's like maybe if I just compare it to other Bengali people, like I would be considered lighter, fairer skin. Yeah, so like uh, on, we on do we we don't have like a claim to like the word black, right? Because we're not no, exactly. No, we that's definitely. But like yeah. it's like the weird middle space, right? Where it's like you're not yeah. you're not objectively objectively you don't have Eurocentric features and you're not white, right? But at the same no. time, you aren't you aren't dark enough to have to to be able to like for peace and, and like it's not and it's not like we're saying that like we want to be that way right it's like more of like trying to no, figure out no. what we actually are right because yeah, there are yeah, there are stand, yeah because it's, it's more about like the privileges you get and sort of like where you sit right. at the world because it's, right, if right. you take like me and someone who's also latinx but darker skinned right then like people yeah. look at me fairer than they would look at them just because of like implicit right, right. racism yep and yeah. i imagine that's yeah, the that's... same thing well probably in your part of the world too there's probably like religious stuff behind it too right because i don't oh is, yeah, is yeah that but bangla uae right that's still a place where like certain religious castes are like have objectively regardless of how you look if you're born with that religious caste you just don't have the same rights uh illegally that's, as other folks that's 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 the wrong country that's mm-hmm. that's india india that has the uh caste system uh bangladesh never had it well when when bangladesh is okay now it's not get me getting into like how Bangladesh, like the India, Pakistan, and Bangladesh, those three countries were all at one point uh, one 
country. Like it wasn't actually a country. Uh, but when the country is separated, right? Uh, so India and Pakistan, they, 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 they separated the two countries. And then from Pakistan, uh, East Pakistan and West Pakistan. So East Pakistan was Bangladesh and that separated into Bangladesh. So it's like uh, a lot of stuff. It's, it's hard to say like what that like actually means. Like it's, it's hmm. from a cultural perspective, like the Indian subcontinent, when people say like, like people sometimes ask like where I'm from, like ethnically, I would just say like Southeast Asia because like, what, like, what does that actually, like, does that even matter? Like, it does that even matter, like, where are you from ethically? What, why is that question, like, uh, relevant uh, to any discussion? But I'm just, like, I don't even know. I don't even know where I'm going with this at this point. <laughs> well, no, it's, like, the same thing, right? If someone asked me, like, where am I from? And then I would say, because it's, like, I can give them two answers. It's technically correct, right? I could say, like, oh, well, my mom's from Puerto Rico or my dad's from, like, El Salvador, right? Yeah, like, yeah, where, where do you yeah. sit on that? And, like, the response you get, you get very different responses depending on how you answer that question. Because, right, right. at least with, like, the Latinx community, you have folks who are uh, extremely, like, metro Mexico-centric, right? Where, like, yeah. Know, um, just because I wish it on Mexico, I should probably explain as to why. Uh, and fair warning, all of this is what I learned from, uh, Central American Twitter. So shouts out to them. Um, please don't delete your Twitter account because those people are probably never going to come to Mastodon. Hot take done. But, uh, <laughs> but, 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 uh, Mexico was also a colonizer. Um, Mexico right. Right, right. would, uh, I believe Mexico at one point had as many slaves or just under as the U.S. did. Like, okay. like, so. like Mexico, and then they would just, uh, they steal, stole resources from the rest of Central America. And Mexico is, is just as much of a deporter of, um, other Central American immigrants as the U.S. is. Okay. So Mexico's hands are not clean. Like, oh, that, that, that's what, that's what we're coming at. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mexico, Mexico. And, and, you know, it's like Mexico, like, and also Mexicans think that they're the only Central American country, but that's maybe a little bit of a hot take. Oh, that's that's a hot that's a hot take. Oh, that's a hot take that can be easily proved on Twitter. Oh, but God. but you know it's still it's still a hot mess. So yeah. uh, Mexico has no has no uh, th- their hands aren't clean. But um, so right, it's so, like you say that, and then people, or if you also say like Puerto Rico, then like you know, there's like always. I remember growing up. Like my mom was just always shit on Dominicans all the time, and I always felt like that mm-hmm. was like sl- slight racism and anti like blackness, right? Because you know Dominican yeah. Republic and Haiti, right? Yeah. Like they're on the yeah. same island. It's just I don't actually know the historical reason behind the split. Probably has to do with like colonialism. Um, the French probably, yeah, prob- French probably, yeah. Did. But so uh, it's the Dominican Republic's very black. It's a very black country. So right, right. And Puerto Rico because it's very white. Compared compared to so, the the Dominican per, per, Republic, okay, Puerto Puerto Rico is that the one that's like technically not a state, but it's, it's a territory like, from the U.S. Right, so uh, you pay some U.S. taxes. You can't vote in elections. Or I think you can vote in the yeah, federal yeah. election, but you have no real senator. Right, you have no standing in government, and right. you get no aid in case of a hurricane. So it's basically all the. None of the perks of being a U.S. state, right? And all of the disadvantages, right? You have to pay U.S. taxes. Yeah, basically. Uh, and and because and no one wants to become a state right now in the Senate because they're bankrupt, and no one wants to take that debt in. I mean, it's, it's more complex than that. But ba- yeah, it's, it's yeah, being definitely. a 
being a U.S. territory doesn't get you anywhere. I think also the U.S. Virgin Islands and Guam. Yeah. Not Guam. Guam. I think Guam. It's, is- it's one of those one of those countries like right closer when you're getting closer to Japan is in the Pacific right. Ocean is also a U.S. territory. Um, right. I Papua New Guinea. Maybe, I don't think anymore. Maybe at one point they were uh, colonized by the U.S. But see, it's it's still all a fuck. So uh, that's. I don't know what are we talking about. We're talking about Frank Ocean, and then we just got into like twenty minutes of uh, 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 of world colonialism politics. Talk, yeah, yeah, I guess. world I, politics. I don't know. Yeah, but, like we got we got, we moved from Frank Ocean to Solange to colonialism to identities to uh, Canadian stuff to Puerto Rico. Uh, we're we're free balling. If, if that if that wasn't obvious by this point, we're essentially just moving from top to topic at this. Point. But but think about it though. Colonialism yeah. led us to our next topic. Like directly related oh. to colonialism is tech lock-in. <laughs> I don't please know. Ex- please exit this podcast because <laughs> this is done. This fucking podcast <laughs> is over. This is the last episode of Shit's of Bread. Sorry, folks. It was good while it lasted. But no, uh, we, we, we had one topic that we, we kind of wanted to, you know, like sort of like a tech related topic because, you know, this is, this is supposedly a tech podcast. Uh, is it supposed to be a tech podcast? Like, I don't even remember. Like, is that the I mean, first episode? It, that was the first time. This podcast can be anything you want it to be because uh, me and you make it and words are meaningless until we assign meaning to them. So if we change the meaning of those words, YOLO. As as, as the great Canadian philosopher said. Uh, no, yo, no, no. Yeah. I, oh my God. I, when I was 16 on an essay in, a, in AP English, I actually wrote that down as like a proper citation. Yeah, I said, as as a Canadian philosopher Drake once said, YOLO. I was in some like rhetorical analysis thing. That's that's perfect. You know, like Drake Drake has all the hot philosophical God's plan. God's plan is. That teacher was a fuck, too. Like, I I don't think I've ever spoken. I'm going to talk about shit talk to this teacher. Um, Dan Farmer, if you're listening, fuck you. Uh, (laughs) He was just like this dude from like Tennessee who like went to school at Oxford and like I'm pretty sure it's conservative because I told him I listened to NPR once in This American Life and he was like, ugh. And so like, um, like he once laughed at me when uh, uh, an advisor said, like, all right, do you think. christians going into college right like you know like that's how you, that's how 16 year old me was mm. just in high school you know with this like fuck of a teacher and then i think yeah. I, I called him a dick once and he was like oh. he was like is that necessary and i'm like am i wrong oh that was that was worth the detention like it was worth it <laughs> oh lord that's oof, that's man. i feel like you've got some stories from high school that that's oh my like, god i have a lot of stories from high school none of which i should probably share on the podcast probably not probably not probably best to leave that you know in the past we all make mistakes while when we're teenagers so it's it's it's, it's best to leave that in the past and you, what you, else? you could say you could say it's god's plan <laughs> let's get it um, <laughs> I <hate> you so much <laughs> okay for those, for those about, that who not aware uh, oh my drake God. did a stream of Fortnite, uh, and he said the phrase "God's plan." Let's get it. He, he, while reviving Travis Scott, like that's a very important detail. That's like that's okay. That's stream. Like, let's talk about that for a little bit. Like, I feel like we have to talk about it while we talk about Drake. Like that that stream was just like full of these weird memes. Like, like Drake talking about how it was his cheat day, so he ate pizza. Like. 
like lord that street was like and then travis scott said he was going cash what is that? I, you know, as someone who listens to who's listened to Rodeo and Birds in a uh, and Birds in a Trap sing McKnight, like I, what I is, don't, know. I don't know. You know, I, like I, is I, that I, like if before I like fuck, am I going to be like I'm going cash? Like I don't know. Like it, it depends on a, or maybe like you know before you go to the bank, you say you're going Bitcoin cash. Like what does that mean? Like going cash? Is he like switching away from using banks and just like keeping all his money in cash? Is that what's going on? I mean, I assume most rappers do that anyways, because if, oh, depending on where, what kind of rapper they are, Drake probably doesn't have drug money as much as his music videos say otherwise. But like, I wouldn't be surprised if Travis Scott sold like stuff to get studio time. But I mean, if nowadays no one has cash, it's all about Ethereum. Yeah, it's all about that hot cryptocurrency. And by hot, I mean literally hot because you're burning all the GPUs in the fucking world. Oh my God. I think, I don't think I've told this. Uh, actually, no, I told it on Transpose. We'll talk about the one dude in one of my classes who like m- yep, invested in this cryptocurrency. Yep. Like, yeah, like, uh. Nah, please, please, please don't put it life savings into uh, cryptocurrency. If you please. do, if you do, please invest in Chosacoin, the hottest <laughs> cryptocurrency. <laughs> yeah, like that, like that. Uh, I, like that ICO that that launched a Mastodon and then took everybody's money and then uh, disappeared. Uh, you know, just 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 cryptocurrency things. You know? you know, John McAfee memes are never funny. They weren't <laughs> funny. Like dudes probably killed a couple people in Colombia. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, like it's, let's it's be actually, real. Like yeah. like actually, fuck John McAfee. If he, had, he could go fuck himself. Um, your software is shit, McAfee. Go away. You know what else is shit? And <laughs> software? Tech lock-in. Let's yeah, let's, talk let's about actually get to it. Okay. Um, so there was this uh, article, like a sort of opinion, I guess editorial piece, you could call it, uh, on Mac Stories by Fred, uh, by by the good good person, Federico Bertici. Uh, he was talking about, the title of the piece is Erasing Complexity, the Comfort of apple's ecosystem now we're not gonna like specifically i don't think we need to speak like too deep into what his article is actually talking about but like more like in the general sense like what does tech locking mean to us and what does tech locking mean to everybody else uh what does it like mean for like the tech industry as a whole right like so christian like you want to talk about any like tech locking experiences um well we've got i've got through a lot of right you remember when i used to like all in on google stuff yeah yeah and then like the two weeks i was all in on microsoft stuff until microsoft stuff supporting their phone platform yep basically like <laughs> that was a like that was a bad choice like microsoft- i was I, let me explain to you something here yeah i've said it before i'll say it again like microsoft's own ecosystem is actually pretty good until they stop giving a shit about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's like they, they almost do it but then they stop caring and it's like gone that's like services that like google okay like Google gets a lot of shit for like, like you know, like ca- like canceling services and like not maintaining. Like, what happened to Google Voice? Like, what happened to Google Voice? It just got a material design update. Oh, just now? Or is, yeah, yeah, is just that, now, just oh, now. Okay, like I guess somebody had some time to finally redesign the app. Is that that's probably what happened? Like, somebody was like, "Hey, let me just." You know, I'm I'm bored. Let me just redesign the Google Voice app. Oh my god! Do you remember when like Google Voice is like integrated into Hangouts for three weeks? Yep. Remember when Hangouts used to be like, when Hangouts, Hangouts wasn't on, a Slack competitor? <laughs> yep, Hangouts on Air was a thing, right? Hangouts on Air. I don't oh, think. Right, right. Yeah, we used to record our podcasts with Hangouts on Air. By the way, now it's just YouTube Live, I believe. Yeah, I think it's integrated into YouTube Live, so it's like live streaming, basically. Uh, but yeah, we used to record our podcasts with Hangouts Air, and Hangouts was like 
let me explain let me explain this convoluted process it'd be a private <laughs> youtube stream that was unlisted of a private yep. hangout conversation which is kind of public if you could find the url yeah. and then static would scrape the video and turn it into an mp3 yep i just take the audio out of the mp3 just like extract the audio bitstream out of the video file so it's like just just get that and just put that up uh, like that those are the early episodes of like the first i don't know like 10 episodes i don't know like few episodes of uh, Shades of Brown are just, just hang on recording. So, you know, very bad. Not great audio quality, uh, but well, not the I mean, worst. If they were better audio qualities when I first started editing the podcast. As when I first started editing them, you could tell it kind of dip <laughs> until it's come <laughs> back up. Because the Hangout one, right, it would give you like an even audio level and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, to do like yeah. voice normalization when you have to yeah. do that manually when you're putting the stuff into logic. Yep. So like it, it kind of actually just dipped for a little bit. Just a, little a couple, bit. just a couple episodes. Yeah, you, know, you just got to learn. You know, you got yeah. to learn as you go. You, you got to get down in the DAW, you know, as the kids say. Nobody says that, Christian. That, that's, that's, no, please. Um, <laughs> it's a tech lock in like, Google, I felt like I was, I had like a Nexus 5. Like that was the first phone I actually bought. Like I was like all into Google stuff. Like uh, I was using like uh, Google Chrome. I was using uh, Gmail. I was using Google Apps. Uh, I was using like basically all the Google services. Right now, basically I use none of the Google services except for YouTube. Right? Like I I don't use... uh, I use Google Apps for work, but that's not really like doesn't count. So because it's like not really like a choice there, it's just like a thing. It's just for email. Um, so it's like I don't know where I stand on the lock. And like I'm right now, like mostly Apple. Like like I have an iPhone, so there's like certain amount of lock. And like iMessage, like uh, is a bit of lock. And I have like the cloud service, so I have like OneDrive. Uh, for the longest time, I used to use Dropbox because they had a you know, Linux client, but I don't, I don't use Linux anymore. So it's like, it doesn't, it's not relevant. Uh, what else? Uh, we have game platforms. Uh, we have Steam. Uh, I have a PS4 and an Xbox One. Uh, so it's like, all those platforms don't really, you know, like don't like it's it's locking, right? Like it's, it's starting like, to get better though, at least on the yeah. game side, except for yeah. Sony. Because Sony yeah. wants to be a fuck. Yeah, fuck, fuck. But but Sony. but Microsoft is at least because I think lock-in starts to go away once you start doing cross platform or cross play yes. stuff, right? Yep. yep because once you have yep. cross play, then lock-in isn't such a bad thing because you just buy the console that you think is the best or has the best UI or has the best controller or whatever, yep, right? Exactly. Like, and so does... and then and then you can just play with your friends wherever. You can do that with like Minecraft right now, except on the PS4, uh, yeah. Fortnite. You can do that with a couple games. It's it's like the list is growing on and yeah, on. Yeah, it's it's like the the thing is, I think this is the part where the Microsoft lock-in thing comes back is that it's like Microsoft has apps on basically every platform, right? Like OneDrive, like has apps on iOS, on Android, on 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 Windows, obviously on uh, on what else? Like on what else? On Mac OS, like there's this it has clients everywhere. It's just like Microsoft just wants you to use the service. It doesn't matter. Well, I think. I think we're like where my, where where lock in is nowadays is like there's important parts of lock in and parts that don't matter right right, right. like where you actually have your email stored isn't an important lock in right right because I could you, there's an argument made I'm still locked into the Apple ecosystem but at the same time right calendars on Fastmail emails right. on Fastmail right. I use Bear for my uh, notes stuff right I can just this text I can just export that right like text right. is it it's not locked in no, um. No. 
I have more chat apps that I want to say. I use feed <laughs> feed Wrangler as my RSS service. That's platform agnostic. You just yep. log in. There's apps for every platform yep. that supports it. Or I can roll another RSS thing. Um, but I'm locked in where it matters, right? Because yeah. so I switched away from iCloud Drive. I switched back to Dropbox because Dropbox has a better iOS app and the files app on iOS. Uh, right, right, right. Don't at me, iOS people. But uh, <laughs> it's Apple Music because of the HomePod. It is um, some of the workout stuff he's of uh, Apple, the Apple Watch, right? Like the yeah, health yeah. app. Yeah. Um, iMessage itself. Yep. And my whole entire creation suite, right? Yeah, that's, I, I think that's, that's your biggest. That's, that's the biggest thing, right? I can yeah. switch to Windows and I'll be fine. Like maybe I'll switch to Spotify. Uh, I don't know about the HomePod though, right? Like now they have this. I don't. I don't know if I can switch my phone away from I, iOS. I mean, you could, you but could I can still... switch my desktop PC to Windows, right? Yeah, you could. Yeah, but you I could, guess you... I could use Apple Music on Android. You could. You could also use Apple Music on. It's it's just iTunes, right? Yeah. Uh, and no, iTunes no, no, on iTunes, Windows. Oh yeah, iTunes on Windows support the HomePod. Yeah. Yeah, it supports um, it because it has AirPlay yeah. support. But so mm-hmm. there's like there's it would still work. And I mean, hopefully Apple adds uh you know S word commands. I don't want to turn on this thing uh, mm-hmm. at, at WWDC this year. But yeah, really, or like for music uh, commands for it. But mm-hmm. it's really like the pro suite, and I think that's where most people nowadays yeah, get yeah, locked that's, in. That's like for I think for for non technical users, it is your data, right? It's yeah. your email. It's your calendar. And right. it's also like if you have your videos on YouTube or you have your photos. Um, yeah. I've always had redundant backups in my photo libraries just because I'm that kind of person. Yeah. But so like I could switch to Android and I'd be good because I don't use Google services to begin with. Mm-hmm. But if I was still locked into the Google ecosystem, right, then I would have a much harder time switching away from Android, even though Google, so, Google apps on iOS are shit. So the, so the issue here is like, like locking just like this creates this sense of friction, right? Like it's like... Uh, it, it like it feels like this, there's this inertia thing. Like if once you're locked in, it's harder to switch away. Like more stuff you put in there, it just gets. It's like slowly becomes harder and harder to actually switch away. Right? Like it's like the inertia thing. Like when people actually switch to a service and stick with it, it's like they don't want to switch because it's all this effort. Right? It's it's all this like uh, friction. Like if there's the Google apps and then and then you have to switch it switch to iOS. iOS notifications are garbage. So it's like. Well, and more importantly, like, let me, I, I think we always talk about where, like, how fast mail is great and stuff. But, like, let's be honest, switching from your current email host to fast mail is a fucking pain in the ass. Like, so here's, here's what you do if you want it. You go to fast mail, make a new account, whatever, right? Yeah. Um, if you don't use a fast mail domain, you can set up your own custom domain, but, like, you don't really actually need to do that. It's just a vanity thing. But yeah. if you just made a new fast mail account, pay the 30 bucks per year for it. Yeah. Um, what you have to do is you would then, I believe, have to open up some kind of thing in the Gmail settings and then give Fastmail your Google account credentials or generate right. a new uh, application-specific password for it. Yep. And mm-hmm. then just wait a couple hours for Fastmail to import your emails from there. Mm-hmm. And then you have to go into Google and make sure everything's deleted if you wanted to say completely remove your Google account. Right. And then you would have to export all of your calendars and then re-upload them into Fastmail. Yeah, and same with make sure, yep. And then make sure that in Fastmail, right? Say, for example, me and Sadik have like a... Uh, he, he invites me to like a podcast recording. Yeah. If you if you import the ICS file for that, that fucks that over on his end mm-hmm. in in his calendar app. And right. so with notes, you have to download them and re-upload them. And I'm I'm pretty sure our our audience is listening to that and saying, A, I could probably automate that for script, and B, that's really not that much work. But no. for someone whose primary computer is only a phone, right? 
Yeah, that's, like that's impossible. Because then you're like yeah. you're using you're literally at that point using desktop websites with like a phone browser and mm-hmm. like having to make sure that the credentials are correct. And yeah. that is way too much friction. And that's mm-hmm. honestly that's a couple hours in your afternoon spent of you just moving stuff over that. Yep. Yeah. Understandably so, everyone has much better things to be doing than yeah, you know. That's- yeah, moving like, the shit over. Yeah, like moving email is is like a hard thing. Like it's it's difficult because like there's, um, there's just like you have to like if, especially if you use like custom domains, like you even have to worry about stuff like DNS, right? Like you have to change over. Oh, your, oh, right. Your, you have to like log into everything and make sure you change the email address too. I even forgot mm-hmm, about that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then if you're if you uh, want to be cute and have like a dot website domain where like some websites don't recognize that as yep. like a valid TLD for email, yep, you're you fucked. Like, you gotta get like a dot com or like a dot net or you know like one of the old TLDs, uh, because because people are bad at email validation, uh. So it's like yeah, like moving emails is, is, is a lot of friction. My, like my Gmail account, you know, like when I moved to Fastmail, right? I ne- I didn't ever actually import my Gmail stuff. Like I just left it there. Like I just I was just like fuck it. Like I, that's just like a different part of my life. Just, I'm just gonna leave it over there. Uh, just, just like it's just sitting there rotting in, in the archives, right? It's not like I haven't deleted any of. I, I just deleted like all like the mailing, like old mailing list stuff because it's just taking up space. But like other than that, I just like I just left it. Like I just left the data because I need. I couldn't even be bothered to import it or or delete it. Like I was just like whatever. Like I, I'm I'm keeping that account anyway because it has like it's like my primary Google account, so it's like I don't want to delete it. So it's just like you know, just leave it. Yeah, I still have a, uh, I have a Hotmail account that I use to create yep. my first Xbox Live account <laughs> that I have to keep because um, I don't know exactly what's on there, right? Yeah. Like, because I realized when I deleted my Gmail account that I got fucked over of two services. Yep. Um, there's one or two Twitter accounts. There's a Stipes Radio Twitter account and the original Shades of Brown Twitter account that are tied to that Gmail account that I can oh, no longer log into. I, I think I have the credentials for the two Shades of Brown account, maybe. Uh, if you do delete it, maybe. <laughs> I <laughs> the last probably. post on that account on that Twitter account is from 2015. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's in my last pass somewhere. But uh, saying like it's just that yeah, moving emails are like you know it's a big problem. It's, it's also uh, because emails are identity on the internet because yeah. it's like that's the least common denominator, which is mm-hmm. like another problem entirely. Yeah, that doesn't have any good solutions. No, but um, like moving data in general is hard and it's not just because of the fact that there's no export options because twitter facebook google you can get your whole entire account's data from like we're not going to talk about it but for facebook you fucking get your own call logs from them right Mm -hmm. like they will give it to you it might be raw json what are you going to do with it but like you you still have that data right like technically you have it but what no one no one has been incentivized to make it easier to move around no no of course not like why why is anybody like it's it's like you you can export that data, but it's like not useful, right? Like wh- one thing with emails is like emails have fairly standard like like export formats, like inboxes, or like or you can just like connect to an email account and just like you know dump like uh, use just use IMAP to just download everything, right? It's not like uh, because of, you know hashtag standard protocols, you know. Uh, there's there's nothing like that with. Uh, with Facebook or like Twitter, right? You can't just like 
can't just move it elsewhere, right? There's no other Twitter that you can move it to, right? There's no other Facebook that you can that you can import that. Uh, so it's like, what are you going to do with that data? Just keep an archive of it. That's that's basically all I could do with it. Oh yeah, and uh, like Facebook messages, right? Like, how do you yeah. move that over? How how do you how do you like successfully move your whole entire social group from Facebook to like say Wire without mm-hmm. losing all your conversations, losing your social graph, yep. and having to start from scratch? Yep. And the amount of friction in that. See, because under, I think that like sometimes we get caught up, especially people on like the Fediverse and other federated platforms. They think yeah. to themselves, "This is so much more private. This is so much more secure. It's like so many more user freedoms. So why we should, people should just use it because of that?" But in actuality, people think to themselves, "Okay, I'm using this app. It doesn't annoy me. I have enough people on it." Yep. Is this new app doing anything better? And in the case of Snapchat, where Snapchat offered you like a better way to share, maybe the UI was confusing, whatever. We don't need to discourse about that. <laughs> but like it also had these cool stories features and these like really cute face lenses. People are like, sure, okay, the benefits of these new features outweigh having to rebuild your social graph. But with Wire and like Mastodon and other services, what what benefits do you get for breaking out of the lock-in besides breaking out of the lock-in? And how do you explain that to someone who hasn't seen the disadvantage of the lock-in because they're not technical enough? How do you explain to them like the very abstract concept? Like this is the problem, right? Like the 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 lock-in, the concept of lock-in, the concept of data privacy, the concept of maintaining control over something that you cannot physically touch or feel, or like some people can't even conceive of it. Uh, data, right? Like, how do you explain to people that what is happening with Facebook, what is, what are, what are you giving away, or what are, you, what are you willingly giving to these companies is, is, is data, but it, it doesn't feel like you're giving anything to them, right? Like, it doesn't physically affect you, right? That's and, and more importantly, right, is moving away from, like, Outlook or Gmail, the solution to this problem? If, say, for example, Google abuses your data and sells it for ads, if you not being on Gmail, does that stop it? If everyone quit their Gmail account, and everyone wouldn't, maybe Google would do it. But if if a million people quit their deleted their Gmail accounts, A, Google probably still has the data on their servers because uh privacy laws in America. Uh B, you know, so, right? Like what's a million people with a billion users Google exactly. has? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And just... like the real solution to that is regulation, but that's maybe just a politic take, right? Because yeah. like that's because no one likes that, especially on like the open web part of it, yeah. because you regulate Facebook, it's still a centralized service. Yeah, it and is. people and like, see, that's that's the thing. People would rather have Facebook crash and burn, and everyone then switch to the federated platforms because regulation here would just entrench Facebook, right? Like mm-hmm. if or like if any sort of data privacy regulation entrenches current actors by giving people a reason to stick with them by forcing them to better respect your privacy right yeah so and which isn't a bad thing mind you no. but it's a little bit of a paradox right yeah if yeah. you regulate facebook mastodon doesn't win mastodon actually loses if twitter is forced to play nice and like if there's like a if there's like a definite amount of hate speech that the, that like is legally allowed on a platform and Twitter yeah. has to comply and make sure that no more than above that is on there or else they face like uh injunctions by the Department of Justice. Yep. Mastodon will will not get as many users because mm-hmm. Twitter will become a better place. Yeah. The only reason the only that's always I guess maybe we're just like venturing into straight hot take zone, but mm-hmm. that's why I've always thought that you you can't compete on your app or whatever by having just the thing that's 
federated, right? Like openness is not a feature to almost no one. Features are features. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 like it's just the, like the social graph, like the social graph concept is is the most interesting. Like people don't want to break the social graphs. It's an extremely like uh, extremely disruptive uh, kind of thing to ask people to do. Like the whole like I think we might have to get to discussing the whole hashtag that's been going around for the last uh, what week uh, hashtag. Delete Facebook. Um, maybe delete. Okay, maybe let, let, let's make it delete Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, WhatsApp Oculus. Uh, I mean, at that point, delete Twitter because they do the same thing for your data. Yeah. Um, delete. More importantly, you can just scrape Twitter.com. Twitter's public by default. Mm-hmm. Uh, delete YouTube. Delete. See, that's the thing, right? You have to delete everything, and then you literally you end up in a space for like Mastodon, Diaspora, New Social, uh, Friendica, Identica, whatever it's called. Yeah. Like those ones are like the only options you can use because those are the only ones that will respect your privacy. Yeah. And that base, I guess, like the, the super hot take, right? Like the genuine, real hot take, and not like the shit posty hot take, is that. Um, Getting out of lock-in is a sign of privilege because it, you, it is extremely difficult to do and doesn't show any inherent benefits, only like philosophical and moral benefits. Yep. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's it's like this abstract, like it's trying to like find this abstract enemy, right? Like that you can visualize, but you, you, you people tell you like, hey, you, you got to delete your Facebook account because Facebook is... Uh, facebook has your data like that's like how is that supposed to like create a sense of like you know uh yeah that's just it's just way too abstract i feel like like even explaining it to people people don't really get threat right it's not like unless you're already philosophically minded about like privacy or like uh or like information technology as a whole right it's just 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 washes over people i feel like it just doesn't like i feel like this okay i'm gonna bet that this whole delete facebook thing isn't even gonna last uh a couple months like it's it's it's, it's gonna die down in like so oh, absolutely it's probably gonna die down within the next two weeks and yep. i mean knowing mark zuckerberg facebook's gonna do something to fuck up right in like the next yeah. two weeks too but at least for right now it's probably it's gonna die down soon yeah. and i always feel like a little apprehensive talking about this because I don't know, right? It's like everyone wants to end capitalism now, but at the same time, right? Like in in the short term fix of like regulating Facebook and the such to be better if your data is better right now than the long term abstract goal of ab- of abolishing capitalism, right? Like it's yeah. like like if we're if if we're if we're going to talk about uh, philosophical end games of like anarchy and then like short term gains of moderate reforms, yep. the moderate reforms are probably the better idea. And I just opened a can of worms about ten different people, but I <laughs> I, I hold I hold to these beliefs extremely um, <laughs> because like. Free online services are objectively a good thing. Yeah. And the ad business model to support that has objectively bettered the world. Has it created Ooh, new that's... problems? Yes. yes. Has has yes. the has Twitter, Facebook, Google created problems? Yes. But the fact that they were able to 
that these cor- corporations, right, were able to give people in like China, right? Like the, the talk show was talking about this week where it's John Gruber and Jason Cocky. Jason yeah. Cocky has been blogging for 20 years. Gruber's almost been blogging for fucking 20 years, right? Yeah. And they're talking about how like Ev Williams and the people behind Blogger were like talking about how if you just give someone in China like a Blogspot domain, they could do some wild shit. Yeah, they could. And that, that is proven true with like yeah. the advent of like the firewall and all that stuff, right? Yeah. Like they saw that to combat that because they could saw exactly what, what it can do. And mind you, should this all be regulated? Yes. Should should there be should the European privacy law be applied to American companies? Yes. Should the US uh, should the Senate and like the House take such a bill up and pass it in the US? Yes. But at the same time, this ad funded business model has in fact made like Facebook Marketplace and Instagram has are being used to like sell things in like developing parts of the world. Right. And mind you, should there be net neutrality so Facebook is not the only person operating there or only company pro- operating there? Absolutely. Yeah. Like this should all be checked. But the the idea that we need to abolish it right now and switch to Mastodon, switch to Wire, switch to all these decentral protocols, you really only win on abstract grounds, right? It's yeah. like using fucking like LibreOffice instead of Microsoft Office. <laughs> what what do you really win besides like incompatible documents and uh a smug on your a smug look on your face? Yeah, yeah. I mean it's just like Yeah, Facebook, Google, uh it's just I don't know. I don't know. I don't even like 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 I feel like I feel like people are like kind of call us like centrist or some shit because like we're, we're just so like- fucking who cares? I don't fucking care. I don't, I don't fucking care. Oh my God. Like I don't, I don't fucking care. I just want to say this now. Every time I say something slightly like this on Mastodon, you always get like the whole anarchist crowd just like coming in at my mentions about this shit, like tearing apart like one little mistake I made. And it's like, bro, you're not going to win anyone on your side doing that. No. I understand you want to abolish these things now. Like I was on Google Plus. I hung off all libertarians. I have been in in like the sort of like anarchy uh lifestyle before i know i i i understand that and i think that there are ideas that we should take from your political learnings and we should disseminate it into the public like absolutely yeah. but mm-hmm. but anarchy is not the way i'm just going to straight say that right oh. like that's hot take Oof. here i guess i don't but i i'm i do not want to be an anarchist and i don't think that that is the best way forward and you know someone's probably gonna at me with some very valid points about holes i said in this and yes i'm okay with that kind of discourse yeah but but the uh fuck you we need to abolish this right now at all costs discourse is like sure you you can try and do that that doesn't actually help people like right yeah like like if everyone like let's okay let's 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 do some hashtag game theory yeah oh god (laughs) sorry yeah let's let's do it if everyone if everyone switches a mastodon what is the benefit right now um and the answer to that question is things will stay the same i don't see how mastodon prevents you from a cambridge analytical sort of sort of attack no Uh, oauth still you know is a thing on mastodon yeah um i don't see how well mastodon's built differently so you really couldn't get as much data about people from it but you're it's still like you could still scrape data and all that sort of stuff yeah, maybe you, still as much you get like friends yeah. data but you can still get like your friend like you could build out a connection by scraping public posts and all that yep. um yeah let's see will well like sure with the federation stuff maybe there'll be less hate speech but maybe that these those that's a theoretical 
Yeah. Like there's not enough. Mastodon has been around long enough. And there's not enough users on it for us to make the claim as some people do in a official blog post that it's better for democracy. Right. Mm. Like that, that, that there's no test case for that. There's not yeah, enough data to support those claims. Yeah. There's no, just, it's just too early to say anything, but Mastodon's effect on because uh, democracy is openness. Good. Yes. Is it objectively the, th- like the, and this is like, I I've I've been using Linux since like I was 12 years old. I I love the open source community, right? But we have to live in the world we actually live in, right? While yeah. also building for the world we want, which yeah. means you're going to have to use Instagram and like it shouldn't bum you out. Like okay, use a Facebook product. Yeah. Call your senator and tell them to, to regulate Facebook, right? Like, that's yeah, how yeah. it's supposed to work. Yeah. And I mean, I guess if you don't believe in the system, then, you know, you, you, you aren't, you've already like angrily tooting at me. But I don't know. You, you have to, like, it's, that's the thing, right? You have to live in the world while, while building the new world you want. And that means there's compromises. And that yeah. means that your ideology is not going to be 100% like consistent. And that's fine. People are yeah. messy. We're like we're water beings, man. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I've, I've hot take too much yeah, on this. Like, Save me like, from this. I feel like we're we're gonna end up in extremely hot politics territory, and uh, we're just gonna be pissing off every anarchist in the fucking world. Uh, so we should probably call it quits while we're still ahead. Uh, so you can find us at Macedon. See, see, we use we use the software. We're not just talking shit. Uh, at static save at mastodon.zombocloud.com. Christian, where do people find you on, on the Fediverse? Um, send all, all complaints to, uh, at Josephina instance.business. Um, if you're mean or rude to me, I will block you and laugh at you. Um, for the first half of show, if you're a white person who wants to, uh, I don't know. Tell me that using the word colonizer is bad or something silly like that. Please, I will block please, you. Don't, don't, yeah, don't at me with that shit, please. Uh, I will just, I will just block you. I won't even respond. Like I, like I usually, like I don't, I don't even have the time to deal with that shit. So just, as as they used to say on Google Plus, block and lock. <laughs> oh, that's that's gonna be the title of the episode. That's gonna be the title of the episode. Uh, I think so. Um, yeah. Contact at shootshavesbrown.com if you want to email us. Please don't solicit for your startup because I will laugh at you on yeah, Mastodon. Also, yeah, please don't. Uh, but until that, I guess goodbye. Goodbye.